Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We've been betting LA episode four. We're here to talk about some betting for this weekend coming up and into the next week as well. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, and we're on the Believe Podcast Network. Joined as always by my co-host, Chris Lewart. You got some friends in town today, Chris. How is being the LA tour guy going for you? It's going well. Uh, it's pretty easy. You just tell them where to go, where to eat, what not to eat. Mostly you look like a genius when you tell them to avoid tourist traps, uh, time of day, you know. <laughs> how bad traffic really is. It's uh, probably the biggest thing that people don't understand is that it will legitimately take you 45 minutes to get from West Hollywood to Santa Monica. It's just the way it is. And uh, Even on the yeah. weekend, it used to be not that bad on the weekend, but now sometimes the weekend's even almost as bad or worse. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me that, um, I mean, I, I do kind of feel bad sometimes. I see like these families wandering around Hollywood, like looking for stars in the Walk of Fame. And, you know, there is... <laughs> There's a homeless guy trotting behind them with, you know, a guy who's got some, you know, mustard stains on a Spider-Man costume looking to get a picture. I always think that's kind of a, a funny, a funny thing. But then I always I think like, why, why come to Los Angeles in the middle of summer? You know, it's basically nice everywhere now. Oh, um, except for it's like 125 degrees in the Northeast and parts of the Midwest. So. <laughs> that, yeah, that is true. My my friends, uh, so they're from Chicago uh, and they're coming out. And yeah. uh, I said, you know, guys, hey, it's pretty warm here. Uh, you know, make sure you bring uh, some sunglasses and a and a visor or a ball cap or something, right? And they said, are you kidding me? It's a it's 110 degrees with 98 percent humidity <laughs> in Chicago right Insane. now. Like, it's Heat index is just absurd there. So this is why we live in L.A. There's great weather year-round. We, we had, by our standards, a pretty cold winter this year, uh, and it still was about as mild for anybody else as you could possibly be. All right, Believe in Betting L.A. Episode 4. We're still in the dog days of summer. And just a reminder, if you like this show, you can give us a five-star review. You can subscribe wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, and a number of other different podcast sources. And, of course, we are on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, Believe.com, and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at smaxwell 713 You can find Chris at Lewark Mandingo. And, of course, the good fellows at Stag Capital. That's at Stag Cap. So, last time we talked, Chris, I think it was on Wednesday evening. I think it got pushed out there uh, that evening or early Thursday morning. The Angels were still fired up. They were still winning. They had not lost, actually, at that point after the All-Star break, uh, and since that podcast, of course, since I declared that I thought the Angels uh, were surging and they were going to be a good bet, potentially, uh, to 
make a wild card push. They have not won since that game, including two losses against the Astros, obviously a very difficult team to play. Uh, and then they got smashed in their opener in Seattle last night, 10 nothing. And we're recording this uh, mid-Saturday afternoon. It'll probably get published sometime Sunday morning, so a little bit of uh, stuff might be outdated. Uh, but the Angels suddenly find themselves in a bit of a nosedive here. They got crushed, as we said yesterday, 10 nothing. How are you changing your perspective on betting this team? Uh, Trout is back now from his injury. Do you think they finally kind of come down after that? Uh, emotional high from Tyler Stagg's death. Yeah, I do. I think uh, we spoke about it, uh, you know, the past probably two or three episodes that just kind of that emotion is is not something you see a ton of in baseball. Baseball is so much a marathon, right? You've got to keep it steady. That's a big time part of the manager's job is keeping everybody focused through through such a long season, not like football, not like basketball as much, um, where energy is an important part of it. It's, I think, a lot of focus. And Something like that is just is just so such an emotional high that I think there's no help. But once you kind of come down from it, that you're just going to be sapped. You know, they played a, a tough, a really good, tough uh, Houston Astros team. And now traveling to Seattle, I think you're seeing a little bit of that swoon. You know, Trout is back. You should feel good about him. But there's just nothing you can do kind of on that emotional high. And I think I think you're seeing that with the Angels. Uh, I do have them tonight, uh, first half, minus half a run. Uh, was able to get them at plus 110, so took that bet, and I think we'll probably be pretty heavy on the Angels and that sort of thing. Again, it runs counter to what you're seeing, the swoon, Trout injured, coming back, travel, is this something that you want to actually be on the Angels for? But that's when you see the good value, when public opinion and sentiment is away from them, going to be a good bet, that's when your best value comes out, so... Keep things in so, like so that. You're not, you're not worried then about this three-game losing streak. This is obviously all par for the course, by the way. This is baseball. You're going to have losing streaks, but you don't see a, a long-term effect. You think they're going to bounce back tonight. Yeah, I think, again, it's it's not so much the team as it's the numbers, right? I'm betting the numbers. I'm betting what the value tells me. And, yeah, is this one of those things where, you know, I click the place bet and I lean back and I say, great, here we go. Got, an, got another Angels bet in, uh, you know, after losing 10 nothing to the Mariners. Uh, definitely, you know, it, it kind of puts that little thought in the back of your head, like, what am I doing? Why do I always have to bet these underdogs? But at the same time, I've done it now long enough that I know betting the numbers and betting it right is the way to go. And I think that's what I'm trying to bring through on this podcast is that ultimately bet where the value is, bet where the numbers tell you to go, um, take your fandom out of it if you can. But in those rare instances where you can get that angel bet down, when you can get that Dodger bet down, that's that's the glory, right? That's when you can be the, the happiest guy on the block when you got that money down in your favorite team at a good price. Right, right. Okay, so we got the Mariners playing the Angels this evening at 6-10. as the first pitch, and then, of course, they wrap up that series. Tomorrow, they'll have an off day before traveling up to Dodger Stadium to take on the Dodgers. we got two games, of course, with the Dodgers. The Angels took both those games when they played, I think it was back in early June in Anaheim. Uh, the Dodgers are, uh, they, they've split their last couple games here. They they split the series with Philadelphia. They won their opener uh, at home last night with the Marlins. And a great call by you, Chris. You told our, our listeners to bet the under in that game. So uh, with three runs, I'm sure that went under. I don't know the exact line on that, but it has to go under with only three. Uh, Hunjin Ryu got his 11th win of the season. He has been absolutely smoking hot at home this year. Do you look into trends like that at all with pitchers? I mean, sometimes, you know, Ryu's numbers are, are I think, his ERA is under a run uh, at Dodger Stadium. Do, do you even consider stuff like that? 
Uh, you can. It's it's built into the price for you, so you don't have to as much. I'll I'll look at the price and I'll say, gosh, wow, the Dodgers are are a massive favorite tonight. And then you look at the pitcher and you say, oh yeah, Ryu's going. Opponent. Yeah, <laughs> o- opponent pitcher. Yeah, uh, Ryu's going. Kershaw's going. And you understand why the number is what it is. Was lucky. Uh, you know, broken clock is right twice a day. Was lucky to get that first half under uh, in the Marlins Dodgers last night. Have them again tonight. Uh, I took the Dodgers on an alt line at minus two half. Uh, plus 120 so those are tough you know basically yeah. three runs in baseball is is not something you want to give but when you're getting plus 120 you're getting good odds again playing at home against just a not good marlins baseball team um <laughs> this is one of those times that you know you get money down on on one of the best teams in baseball and you you sit back and not only feel good about getting the value but feel good about having your money on the best team certainly well, Clayton Kershaw goes up against Sandy Alcantara tonight. Alcantara, excuse me for mispronouncing that name. Uh, and tickets are pretty expensive. There must be some sort of giveaway at Dodger Stadium. Also, of course, Clayton Kershaw. Tomorrow, they're wrapping up that series. Walker Buehler on the mound for the Dodgers. And Yamamoto for the Marlins. Dodgers might be able to push through uh, and get this sweep. Uh, but any thoughts for tonight's game? I know you said you had a, an opinion on this game tonight. Yeah, uh, I think that... Again, the Dodgers minus two half uh, on the alt line was something I really liked. And I think, I just think the Dodgers are are in a good spot. You know, do I still think there's going to be a swoon at some point for them? Yeah, they're just, they're so far ahead of everything and they're playing so well that it only makes sense to kind of dial it back a little bit here eventually. But we're going to wait and see where that happens, right? It's you'll believe it when you see it sort of thing. So for now, find the best value, feel good about betting the Dodgers, uh, especially when they're playing less than good teams like the Marlins uh, pound feel feel free to pound on the Dodgers because they should a team that good take care of business against weak teams like that exactly and the non-waiver trade deadline is coming up for July 31st is going to be a big day for the Dodgers I'm sure they were uh, on the phone these last couple of weeks trying to work out some trades for probably some bullpen help I imagine is what they're going to need some help using um, do trades like that does that impact how you bet teams you know when the Dodgers pull a couple players and they're trading them or you have someone coming to the team replacing players uh, do you you know the day of the trade sometimes uh, they're playing games does that impact at all how you bet the different teams it doesn't it doesn't really come into play other than I like to take notice of guys who are looking to get moved from their team uh, so Stroman on the Blue Jays, right, has been a has been a trade target of a number of teams, and I feel guys like that who know, right, they read the news, they know there's a possibility they're going to get traded. Their agents are probably telling them, the GMs are probably talking to them. You know, yep. if, if you're a transparent organization. Yeah, I think for sure. I think everybody's aware of that, and you know, those guys want everybody wants another big contract. Doesn't matter if you're 25 or 35 or 45. All of them we think they can get contracts yep. too. Yeah, they can do it, uh, and I think that gets them focused in, and they realize that the you know they're going to be on TV, right? Let's say you get traded to a team like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Cubs. Those are major markets. They're going to be competing for the playoffs, and that's the opportunity to really increase your value. And I think guys like that really take notice and do give you know maximum effort, you know more than they might even normally. They're they're very aware of everything they have to do. Um, and you'll see the pace of the game slow a little bit. They'll be like relievers. They'll they'll take a walk around the mound. You know, they want every pitch to count. So I just think it's interesting to focus in on games like that. And if you can get value for a guy who, you know, is a trade target, but maybe his record isn't that great or, you know, his ERA is high or something like that, I think sometimes the, the numbers don't reflect the fact that this person's going to go out and, and really probably try and turn it on. 
So you like betting on these guys before or after they're traded? Before the trade. Before so the trade. if they're a trade target, now's the time, right? Now's when you can Got focus it. in on guys that are trade targets and, and take special looks at games like that, right? Look at their look at their K props, uh, look at the over-unders, first half, total game, things like that. Sometimes you can find good value uh, when there's movement. When there's movement like that and the public doesn't maybe necessarily know how to react one way or the other, you can, you can find inefficiencies in the market. For sure, yeah. Sometimes I think it's also important you can bet on them. Uh, after the trade, especially uh, I've noticed with baseball, they trade in their different leagues. Like if you have an American League pitcher that maybe was struggling, come to the National League in a pitcher-friendly park such as Dodger Stadium. Uh, sometimes that's all they really need is a fresh uh, start and, and a change of pace. And so I, I think those are important things to keep an eye on as well, especially for pitchers. Um, so the Dodgers wrap up their series with the Marlins. Uh, they have a game this evening and, of course, tomorrow. They will also have an off day before welcoming the Angels. And then they go on another uh, road trip to play the Nationals and Rockies. So uh, Chris likes the Dodgers money line. No, sorry, not money line. The alt line tonight minus two and a half, uh, and uh, they, they certainly look to be a good bet to win these next two games against the Marlins. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, you know we're an LA centric podcast, but we like to talk about sports in general here. Let's move across the pond, pretty much the opposite side of the world from us here in Los Angeles, uh, and going over to England, where the British Open is currently being held. They are, of course wrapped up. Uh, the third round today, and it will resume tomorrow. Right now, you have Shane Lowry, Irishman, leading the way. He's the leader at 16 under. Tommy Fleetwood, 12 under, uh, is in second place. And then a number of other guys are at 10 and 9 under here. Has not been a very good round for Tiger Woods. He obviously won the Masters, took some time off. Uh, give me your thoughts about this, this golf tournament. Did you, did you bet on anyone here? How is that going for you so far, Chris? Yeah, so when we tend to bet golf, we often have round-by-round matchups. So... We'll look at, you know, it'll be Tiger versus Kepka, right? And where the numbers go is kind of where we bet. And we'll take those matchups round by round, first, second, third, fourth round. And we'll kind of sprinkle in a few. Will, you know, J.B. Holmes finish top five? Will Justin Rose finish top ten? Those are the bets that we tend to get money down on more than will so-and-so win outright. Those those we don't tend to bet as much more as we do matchups round by round. And as we do kind of top five, top 10 finishes is what we focus in on for Tiger. You know, I, I, I thought he gave an awesome interview kind of after he missed the cut and was very honest, which is, I think, refreshing in sports. But it, it was interesting to me that he said he just wanted to go home and kind of rest up and and get ready for the next one. And I just, you know, I thought he took a month off. You know, he didn't play at all. Um, after the U.S. Open, he, you know, had his feet up. I thought he was rested right going in there. Had the whole, there was a, you know, a thing on Twitter, I think. He was putting out videos that he was waking up at 2 a.m. So that he was getting used to the time change and was really focused <laughs> in. Uh, didn't seem Sports to matter. science. Yeah, didn't seem to matter there for, for old Tiger. Um, but well, it seems like this story especially resonates with you because you just had a similar experience. Obviously, you went on paternity leave. You got some time off or theoretically some time off. But then you went back to work and you said you needed a vacation from your vacation. So it sounds like this is really similar to your life right now as well. It is. Uh, I will say that, you know, for those that have kids, they already get this. Uh, for me being, you know, seven weeks new to the club, uh, it is absolutely one of those things that you think you know, but you don't really know until you know. Right. Um, until you've gotten hit in the face by something like that. It is a, a brand new experience. Literally uh, or actually, you know, figuratively? Uh, a little bit of both. Have you been hit in the face? I've, I've been, uh, uh, she does tend to throw her head around uh, like she's uh, like she's slingshotting somebody. Um but she's great, and it is—it's one of those things that you don't know tired until you've—you've you've kind of been through it. Right. 
Um, right. And it's not so much a length of sleep, it is a quality of sleep. You're kind of on high alert, right? You're kind of right. nervous. You know, sometimes before a big flight or in school before a test or something like that, you'd be worried and nervous and maybe not sleep as well. And it, a lot of times it feels like that because, you, you know, you want right. to get up and check on her and make sure she's okay. So I, I feel you on that, Tiger. Um, <laughs> we all could use a little bit more sleep in our lives. Um, okay, so we're going into obviously the fourth round tomorrow the final round of the british open do you guys have anything that you're looking at and by the time it's published it, it may be already too late uh they're gonna start uh very early tomorrow morning of course since they're nine hours ahead of us uh but just give me your thoughts just just to, to get this on record who, who do you like tomorrow uh i think kepka's gonna make a run at it mm -hmm. uh this is you know it's kind of like betting chalk but i've just been so impressed with the guy because i i feel like right you know, five, six years ago, McElroy was the next guy, right? He was going to be the next Tiger. Uh, and then it was Spieth. And, you know, guys in between, right, are, are going are gonna to take over. But I feel Kepka has just been such a bulldog. You know, he came so close to winning three straight U.S. Opens, uh, won the PGA earlier this year at Beth Page. Um, the guy just, you know, I feel like he plays golf with an aggressiveness, which is not something you just see a lot in golf. Uh, he's, you know, he looks a little bit mean. You know, he, he's got the whole... He's got the Tom Brady, like Michael Jordan thing, right, where they make up slights against them. Uh, and it's golf, right? Like nobody, nobody's actively angry at you in golf. This is a, you know, it's a gentleman's sport, right? It's, it's, he, he turns it into to slights and anger. So that's one of those situations, much like betting on the Dodgers. If you can find a good price and a matchup or even Kepka to win it, not something we bet a ton of. But if you feel yeah. good about the price and it's good value, like that's, I love getting my money down, like on the best players, right? Um mm -hmm. And uh, other than that, Justin Rose, you know, it's a guy who I feel like everybody's been talking about is, is bound to win any minute now. He seems to always be a, a fancy pick, uh, an in vogue pick for, for winning the next tournament that comes up. But we'll see. Uh, that's, you know, it's one of the things about, about golf is you're in it and you can win. All you have to do, it's, it's a lot like MLB playoffs. You get in and kind of anything can happen. You know, all it takes or the is... the tournament, something like that. Yeah, yeah where, where, where unpredictable that, things happen. Yep, sure. all it takes is a couple bunker shots, a couple OBs on two, two consecutive holes, and, uh, and you're in business, right? The next guy, the next guy is coming up. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun tomorrow. It's uh, one of those things that I'm going to put on the DVR and then, uh, you know, sit down with the baby, uh, give her some milk, and, and kind of watch what happens. Got it. Uh, well, Justin Rose, Brooks Kepka are both tied for fourth. They're nine unders. So that's seven strokes behind our leader, Shane Lowry. So, uh, you know, Chris likes, likes Brooks Kepka potentially make a run tomorrow. You could bet him for the single round. If you can find a nice price to, to outright win it, you know, that, that's certainly possible as well. You have to pass up uh, Lowry, Tommy Fleetwood, and J.B. Holmes. Uh, something we haven't talked about yet, but it is Southern California native, Phil Mickelson. He did not make the cut. He had a dreadful uh, first couple of rounds uh, in the British Open. Uh, but you noticed something different about him physically. Give me your thoughts on that, Chris. Yeah, Phil, I think a lot of people saw this in the news, is uh, old Phil, about a week before the tournament, um, you know, jumped on social media, talked about how he lost 15 pounds. He went on a fast. You know, he's getting older, so he has to stay lean to compete with the young guys and, uh, you know, <laughs> was ready to rock and roll and was going to have more energy because he dropped this weight, um, you know, and doing a fast diet and all that. And... I thought people it was funny the the prognosticators that joked about like oh Phil Phil's turning it on right like look at Phil you know later in his career like doubling down and and is going to try to make one last push and you know be competitive and is he a guy you want to bet on but it was obvious and not enough people spoke about this Phil Mickelson is a degenerate gambler and this was clearly a bet he was obviously 
bet by somebody that he couldn't either lose 15 pounds or that he couldn't go without eating anything but you know water and a, and a protein shake uh, for 10 days or some such thing. Uh, it was quite obviously a bet, which is, I think, one of the fun things about Phil is he is your, you know, golf hustler. You know, you ran into the guy in any course in the world. It doesn't matter who it is. He'd probably be looking to bet you something. Um, what you could bet on the potential bet that Phil Nicholson is making, if we could potentially find a bet uh, and kind of bet on why he's lost his weight. He definitely looks good. Uh, he posted, I think it was on uh, Instagram or Twitter, uh, that he was trying to make changes for the better. Who knows if that's legitimate uh, or not, but you know, good for lefty. Yeah, however, he's taking care of his health. Even if it's a bet, uh, that's, that's a good bet to have, is, is something like that where you're losing a little bit of weight, uh, which kind of leads me and, and led us, as we talked about this before we started recording, uh, to kind of pose this to our, our, our listeners and, and talk about ourselves. How, how long do you think, personally, you could go without eating? So I'm just going to say, put out the, let's just say it's 10 grand, right? Like, let's say that was the bet. There has I, to be plans, of course. No one's going to stop eating for free. Right. So let's say you got 10 grand. You have to make it 10 days. You can drink. So I think the thing with him was he could drink water. He could drink tea and coffee, things like that, but wasn't allowed to eat any solid food. I think he was allowed like a, you know, a protein shake or a Soylent shake or, you know, a fitness shake of some sort, you know, once or twice a day for for calories and nutrition, but otherwise no solid foods. Um, and something that I've learned in my personal life and from doing some reading is that when you drink something versus actually chewing and eating it, it doesn't send the same signal to your brain that you're getting full, that you're consuming something, right? So that's a lot of times drinking a protein shake, you might have a little energy for a minute, but then you just feel ravenously hungry. There's part of that in your brain that's not that's not feels good to chew and break down food doesn't it it does that's one of the big values uh of of actually chewing your food (laughs) so uh, can i go not expect (laughs) yeah could i go could i go 10 days for 10 grand yeah i think i could Uh, i think i think think you could do that but it would not be an enjoyable 10 days it would not be especially not sleeping (laughs) yeah not sleeping not eating that's a, a recipe for disaster but then i was thinking how long could i go straight like let's say i got a thousand bucks a day right for not eating or you got a thousand bucks a day sam for not eating yeah how many days day, could day four or five is what you'd probably crack at least, yeah, at least like, that's what i would consider cracking yeah would it be you know would it be a a mental thing or do you do you think you just eat because you you didn't even know what you were doing you're just so hungry that you started eating yeah. forget yeah. about it like, would it start you to drive wake crazy? up in the middle of your sleep you know sleepwalk to the fridge and eat something you're that hungry <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, for those who don't know, I'm Jewish. I fast every year for Yom Kippur. So it's the holiest day of the year. So I, I fast one day a year for <laughs> sun, sundown to sundown the next day. Uh, and it's a rewarding experience. But, uh, you know, I don't do it for, for weight loss. You end up actually consuming, you know, 10,000 calories that night because you're just so happy to finally eat. And generally what happens is you wake up, you're just fine. And, and, and granted, this is without drinking, too. It's a little bit of different of a fast. Um, but you're very thirsty in the morning. Usually until about lunchtime, you don't even notice it. You know, there are plenty of days where you wake up, uh, you're, you're tired, you're hungover, you don't, you don't eat until noon. That happens all the time, right? Uh, but it's that mid to late afternoon when your body starts going, okay, like what's going on here? I need that food. And that's when it starts to become difficult. Um, so I think, yeah, after a couple of days of that, I, I, I'd probably crack. But, you know, it depends on the financial reward, right? We're talking yeah. about $1,000 today. What, what if it was $25,000 per day? That would probably change the perspective for a lot of folks. Yeah, that's the well. That's the sort of thing that you you know you have somebody uh, chain you in a in a in a cage, right? And uh, <laughs> just tell them keep me alive. But you know, once I get to 
to half a million dollars or a million or whatever it is you want, right? That's when you say you can let me out. Other otherwise, you know, I I'll take the money so that I can you know retire after uh, you know two weeks of misery or something like that. You know, I enjoy eating far too much. You can sense it really entertains something like that. Uh, I don't eat to live. I live to eat. Amen. So it's, it's, it's difficult for that. And you know, I think a lot of people uh, would agree with us. That being said, good for Phil if he actually uh, did try to lose the weight. He did it. If he actually tried to win a bet, seems like he won that bet too. So, uh, you know, didn't have a, a very successful uh, tournament playing golf, but it seems like uh, he had a successful time uh, in, in his weight loss adventure. So, um, yeah, all right. Well, that's probably the first and only, uh, not only golf discussion we've had in the show, but probably in terms of fasting and talking about uh, in that particular wrinkle of eating uh, that we'll probably have as well. Uh, this was a different type of episode. You know, we didn't, we didn't talk too much about betting uh, necessarily. We talked about Dodgers and Angels, of course, and uh, hopefully we'll start getting to more football gear, I think everyone uh, would like to hear moving forward. Any final thoughts here on episode three, Chris? You're going to have a great night. I know going out with your friends, your tourist friends from Chicago. What are your plans this evening? Uh, we're going out downtown. Well, first we're going to grab a, we're going to have a cocktail, Sunset Tower, uh, show them a little bit of old Hollywood, nice. uh, have a drink, see, you know, see the sights, uh, then go downtown, maybe go grab a drink uh, at Perch, which is on like the 30th story of a building. So get a nice view of downtown. And then uh, everybody's, you know, darling restaurant, Bestia, downtown LA. Oh, great place. Nice. Yep. Got to go to Bestia. Sure. Yep. Uh, great. somebody somebody eat the bone marrow and uh then enjoy ourselves exactly awesome it sounds like you have a very nice time planned ahead of you me and the girlfriend are going over to the central city mall we're going to have uh, a nice little time at Italy. so we're both going to be having some nice time nice. tonight here's probably a little bit nicer uh but all right great well hopefully we can start talking some real football and, and different sports here moving forward this was episode four of believe betting la for stag capital for the lead podcast network with chris lewert i'm sam maxwell we'll see you guys next time Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.